Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Raymond's Weekly Podcast. I'm sitting here with my co-host, T-Mac, Tony McKinnon, on a January day. Um, supposed to be snowing, but it didn't. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. We yeah. missed the snow, and they're calling for ice. We shall see. Yeah. Well, I mean, it did snow three inches, but it didn't stick. It snowed north, south, east, and west of here. Yeah. So We're like in a black hole, people. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't snow that much here in Tulsa. But except for when they say it's not going to snow, mm-hmm. that's when we get a blizzard. Yep. Get your bed yeah. milk. Yeah. I, I was actually shocked. So the night it was supposed to snow, I went to Walmart, and they were fully stocked up with milk. <laughs> they learned not to believe the yeah. false prophets. Well, I just got in town, so I figured, well, I better go get some milk. And it didn't snow. That was okay. How much milk do you drink a week, personally? Me personally, not much at all. I don't drink milk. Oh, see, that's the issue. I drink a gallon a week right by myself. Well, we used to drink a gallon a day, sometimes two gallons a day at our house with all the boys and stuff. Yeah, um, but it's just um, me. I, I don't drink milk um, very often, actually. It's not on my diet. Um, so. Yeah, but I'm going to have strong bones. You might get frail. Yeah, so I, I don't drink milk, and if I drink milk, it's supposed to be unsweetened almond milk almond milk so yeah, yeah vanilla flavored who milks all those unsweetened almonds? Almond who has that job i don't know <laughs> anyway so today on today's program we have justin wiggin um he's from rural ohio i'm not sure what lewisburg lewisburg that's right yeah. you can't teach these people yeah you know it's not too hard and yeah. indiana now oh indiana yeah so so now you're up to Pastor in five churches now? Five campuses. Five yep. campuses. Uh-huh. Um, um, just to kind of, you got, you've been on the program before, so um, let us know, what, what year did you graduate from Rama? Um, so I'm an 01 graduate, and um, yeah, so started off in, in youth ministry for a couple of years, and then about 15 and a half years ago, we started a church. So the goal was never to be multi-campus, multi-site. So what happened? I mean, you know, just opportunity so, arose or something you know kind of we got to this point where it's like uh you know we were in a we're lewisburg's a town of 1500 people um my daughter is with me on this trip and we've already decided we've sat at more stoplights this week <laughs> than we do in a year back home really? and we don't like stoplights um so we got to this point i'm in an old united brethren church which was merged with the methodist church our, we have a stained glass window that says the building was rebuilt in 1892. Wow. And um, you get to this point where it's like, hey, we need to uh, add a third service or we need to build or we, we, we didn't know what to do to continue to grow. So we ended up um, partnering with the YMCA in the town over in Eaton, Ohio. And we started a second campus with rather than... People. With the village people. Yeah, they were there um, at the YMCA. Praise and worship team. I really want to sing right now, but I'm, I'm going to refrain. Um, refrain from that. But we started, off, we started off there, so we were set up and tear down, and we've been at that campus now for eight years. Wow. So, and that's kind of how our mindset was is, um, in those rural communities, we actually saw a lot of people from rural communities driving to Dayton, which is a 35-minute drive or so. Yeah. They were driving to a bigger city to go to a church. But they're used to driving to the city to do anything. Right, correct. They probably work in the city. They work in the city, and you know, we go out to eat in the city. 
but what I found was is they were doing that because there was no churches no that option. were no no kids church. Yeah. No youth programs or nothing. So we just decided that we were going to take the churches to where our people were at. That's good. Uh, so that's kind of how we went from Eaton, and then we started filling up in Lewisburg again from another community called Arcanum, Ohio. We went to Arcanum, uh, Indiana. We had a big group of people coming from Indiana, so we, we went over to Indiana. And now we're in Greenville, Ohio. So this is the first campus that doesn't launch out of really the Lewisburg church. It's launching out of the Arcanum church. So we've had to send out and replenish in Lewisburg way too many times. So we're excited that one of our kids, I guess you could say, it's launching a church we, now. We call it fruit of the fruit. It's fruit of the fruit. And man, because my campus, I, as, we're as tired a, of sending people as out. As opposed to fruit of the loom. <laughs> fruit of the loom is good speaking of. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so um, just to kind of let everyone, I mean, everybody does multi-site campuses different. So you actually have a, a, a pastor at each site or? Um, yeah, we have a pastor at each site and, you know, we keep it can, pretty consistent and we have, uh, we all preach the same message. Yeah, that's be my next question. Yeah, yeah. we well, there's no screen uh, and there's a lot of consistent, consistency. We try to have that same look at every campus, even though there's the building brings different designs. Yeah. Um, same vision same core values, things like that, that we try to make very clear. Um, and you're going to get the same message no matter what campus you go to. It's just going to be personal stories, yeah, yeah. your twist on the message, how it is. So so, so do you have like, a, um, do you guys come together and have a meeting beforehand? We or? do. Every Monday morning we have, or it's Monday afternoon, we have a, a sermon meeting and whoever prepared the bulk of that meeting that or that sermon that week, they kind of go over it. Then we have a week to kind of make it our own. And it's cool because we spend a lot of time, you know, emailing back and forth and talking about, you know, what we're going to add to or take away or a story that we found. So collaboratively, we, we do a really, I think we do a good job with it, but I've talked to a lot of pastors who they just tell me they could never do sermon prep like that. And which is fine with me, but it really works. I, I have found that I can be really good, um, eight to 10 times a year. But when when you got to be great fifty two times a year, it's just I'm not great fifty two times a year. Yeah, but so. working together like that, it it takes some trust and some transparency, doesn't it? Yeah, it does absolutely. And and you know there are some th- things in there that we just all decide, hey man, we're going to leave that out. We don't like how that's worded. Um, and and so that gives us that opportunity to come together and and just do it together. So it, it works well with us. And I tell people all the time, you've never created an original sermon. No. The Bible, I mean, come on, it's it's been written now. We've had it. And what's Ecclesiastes say? There's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. So I'm no matter if you got an original message or not, somebody else at some point throughout history has probably preached something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it works. Like, like Paul? Yeah, right. <laughs> so it works well for us to, to collaboratively come up with it. I, I was going to ask, um, um, back to the having a pastor at each location, uh, and I'm not knocking – the flat screen preachers, you know. Sure. But but do you find in rural America they want to touch somebody? I mean, they want a real person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe the word touch is not a good word. but <laughs> uh, In rural America, we do uh, – I feel, I feel like it's a better model for us. Yeah. Um, uh, in the areas I'm in, I don't know anybody doing screens in the towns that we're in. Um, and I've heard people talk about rural America is sub 100,000 people, and I just kind of laugh. Like, rural to me, you're in that 
you know, 30,000 would be a big community for us. And most of our campuses are in, you know, all but one of them are in towns under 10,000. Well, I mean, you know, the the last church I was at, you've been there. Yeah. 25,000 people in the whole county. Right, in the whole county. Right. Yeah. Pat Butcher over there, 10,000 in the whole county. Whole county. Yeah. Um, so things are a little bit different. And we, you know, I bury a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I marry a lot of people because that's our community. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard. Uh, I think it would be difficult to put me or one of our pastors on a screen. I'm not saying we'll never do it, but right now it's not a fit for us. Um, but I see a lot of guys doing it, and I, I have no issues with them. It just isn't a fit for us. And we feel like in rural communities like ours, um, I don't know that it's the best fit. Well, and it's, I've quoted it before, but uh, I'm just going over in class again this term. But Eugene Peterson said that the pastoral vocation is the most context-specific of any vocation mm-hmm. and so I, I've, I've thought about that a lot over the years and so there's no golden nugget no model that you can follow that's carte blanche for anywhere um it's it's context specific and you found what works for you right yeah and and it's um, and i'll say this one thing that i think might be specific across the board is it's going to take an immense amount of heartache pain oh yeah whether goes, you launch yeah. in big towns flat screen it takes it takes everything out of you yeah Death in us and life in you. That's it. In, in essence, what Paul said. That's it. <laughs> now, if if I heard them right, I think one of the flat screen churches are starting because they are, already have a campus pastor. I had heard that they're going to start letting the campus pastor speak more because of because of this very, very thing. issue. Yeah, you know, but because I think actually it's kind of the post COVID deal. You know, now since COVID, people kind of want to you know they want to see their pastor. They want to touch somebody. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we're they're. They're tired of all the flat screen stuff and watching on TV and and stuff. And actually, why well, I had heard that a lot of the people were not going to a campus, so just sitting at home on their on the internet, you know, watching, you know, whatever. Yeah, but um, I mean, you can do. I mean, I listened to you during COVID while I shaved on Sunday morning. You just can't do that in public. <laughs> yeah, true. good point, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Tony with another ringer <laughs> can't shave in public, folks. You can shave in public. Yeah, but it's it's not socially acceptable. <laughs> Where? <laughs> hey, in America, you can take a dump oh, okay, in public okay, now, okay, man. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to sit behind you Sunday morning <laughs> and shave. <laughs> man, I wish I was here to see it. I really do. I, I preach Sunday morning, so you can actually I shave. I let him on fire during the candlelight service. <laughs> oh. He literally he literally did. Oh, God. He burnt we, me during the candlelight both, service. We, we both got in trouble with his mom, I think. Oh. Yeah, he burnt my arm during the candlelight service. Sends my arm. <laughs> oh, you're still here. He didn't I mean, do too much damage. It, it actually left a red mark. <laughs> So, yeah. so what were we talking about again? Uh, I think I lost track. Flat screen preachers. Flat screen preachers. Churches. You know, the hardest, one of the hardest things, I'm not going to say the hardest, because I feel like when it comes to ministry, there's a lot of things that are hard depending on the season you're in, right? Yeah, true. But developing speakers. Like, yeah. I do get why you put somebody on a screen, because yeah. it's hard to get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I got a young man right now that's going to be taking over a church. And a year ago, and he's listening, man, a year ago, he just was not a good speaker. So we have a speaking class every Monday morning. And we bring in, you know, anybody who's up and coming. Because potential. I, potential. Because I always have, every month we have somebody on call. In case a pastor gets sick, 
something happens. So that person, you know, he, he's always on call. They can go. But developing communicators has been tough. So every Monday morning, my executive pastor, um, he takes time. And he chooses somebody different to preach a message. And then they all, everybody's in the class. They, they take notes during the message. And then the guy sits on the stage and they just dissect it. Hey, we think you should have done this. You were walking too much on stage. You said, um, way too much. You went on a rabbit trail and, and you lost us. We don't really know. You didn't land the ship very well. Um, and, and that's been a very beneficial thing for us is doing because developing. I, I get why these guys put somebody on screen because developing oh, yeah, communicators, yeah. it's tough. And I'll be honest, I don't think uh, there's only a handful of amazing communicators in the world, you know. And I'm not one of them. I'm good enough, you know, but I don't know that I could carry a screen. But I mean, let's be honest, there's one TD Jakes, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, like. There's one. Um, and I think we just have to keep that in mind that we have to get them to a certain point and, 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 but we have to develop that. And that's a bit, we found that to be very difficult to develop is somebody communicating in front of people. Well, and that's, you know, be a good segue here for our Raymond Bible Training College, but that's one of the classes that I teach here, just finished up last term. Um, with that same group. Can, can I tell a story yeah. about that? Yeah, go ahead. Tell so, first of all, uh, I was in class. I thought it was really sad. I asked all the students, I said, Who remembers Bill Bush? Nobody raised their hand, which I was sad because I, I like Bill Bush. Um, and he's been gone with us for now, what? Quite long, a while now. Long yeah. time. Long time. Yeah. But Bill Bush was in, in my uh, lab and I, I preached and he was so nice and he came up and he goes, Hey, you might want to think about something else. <laughs> really? Yeah. And, and I just was like, what? What do you mean? And, and he goes, you know, I, I bet you'd be good talking to teenagers. Because I was in pastoral group. He said, I bet you'd be good talking to maybe teenagers. Maybe. And uh, he goes, but I don't know if adults is for you. And I, I just kind of laughed. And I look back and I'm like, yeah, he's right. It, it took, I think it took so many at-bats for me. Just getting up to the plate and, and suffering well, through those early de- years of church. Developing your craft. Who man. Uh, there's that natural side of it. And, and you're talking about lab class, and so that's um, any of the, the groups that has any kind of a pulpit-type ministry attached to it in second year uh, have two lab classes. But then if you go third year uh, here, then the pastor's group and the itinerant group has like a, and then they also have a, a development class. They used to call it homiletics. We call it something else now. But then during the third year, um, it's kind of the advanced of that. It's called sermon development and delivery. <laughs> and so those students write uh, eight sermons for a grade. Wow. And then a ninth one for a grade that they preach in class. And we do anonymous written critique and open verbal critique. And so it's it's what you're talking right. about, but it's equipping and developing and and helping them to grow in, in, in that uh, speaking ability. Well, when I was doing Youth Lab, um, we started out, you know, doing anonymous or, or doing um, critique, written critique, you know, and we decided we used to ask, okay, you want to do verbal or written or, or both or whatever. And then finally I decided we're doing, we're doing verbal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the youth class could really could rip people up too. But, I mean, you know, and I know it was kind of hard, but it was good because, you know, if you are doing youth, you realize it's hard enough to keep, you know, to keep youth's attention is like really tough. I mean, you know, so, you know, you can't just sit up there and, 
and and I'd rather get ripped to shreds by my peers in a yeah. class than students or adults doing it in their mind when they leave our services. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell because that's what's happening. I tell yeah. these students, I mean, this is the safest place you'll ever speak. Absolutely, we're all for each other. Absolutely, and this is a learn, but because out there it'd be different. Well, yeah, and like I said, doing youth youth lab, I said, you know. Youth Lab is the only place that you're probably going to actually have people say amen or whatever. Usually in youth group, you might have one kid that says amen, but, you know, very few. You know, very few. I mean, they're, you know, I mean, you're to keep their attention is pretty hard. Mm-hmm. But speaking of Raymond Bible Training College, rbtc.org, if you're out there and listen and you said, you know, you think maybe you're full, you're, you feel called to ministry or maybe want to learn more about the Bible, if you'll go, go to rbtc.org, Give us your name, your email, and your phone number. We'll have one of our student ambassadors give you a call, talk to you more about Raymond Bible Training College. And Raymond's a great place. You can actually sign up right now um, if you go online, rbtc.org. And like I said, one thing that we do have is, is um, you know, it, it's one thing to go to class and another thing to actually speak. I mean, you know, knowing the word and speaking the word are two different, mm-hmm. two different things, you know, and, and it takes a long time to really, like you said, d- develop your your craft, um, you know, I actually wasn't, I, I didn't get that. Um, my first sermon I ever preached, I had 1,500 people there. So it's, you know, but first time I ever talked in public. My, mine I, was 15. Yeah. So, yeah. First time I ever talked in public, I had like 10,000. So Mine was um, in jail. <laughs> yes. So anyway. Yeah. Were you incarcerated? <laughs> <Yeah>. No. Okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah. No, the first time I spoke in public, I think I was 12 or 13 with my grandfather's birthday camp meeting so they had me come and talk about talk, talk about my grandfather so first well, time first time except for speech class you know in in junior high school or something like that so f- my first in the regular church service was uh for filling in for my father-in-law when he had his first heart attack uh, and uh, he 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 baptized me into crisis in ministry but i guess the thing about it is so before i ever spoke my first real sermon um I was a school of Bible teacher. We had 200 people in our school of Bible class. So that was kind of like a church. Oh, yeah. And the average size church in America is what, 75 people? Yeah. So So you you were doing pretty good. Yeah, doing pretty good for a weekly thing. So that was, you know. But, you know, you just kind of just do it. I I had somebody tell me early on, they said, do you want to know if you're, you're preaching well? And I was like, well, sure, I want to. He goes, here's what you do. He goes, as people are walking out the back door, ask them as they're leaving what you preached about. <laughs> so I started doing it, and I would ask people as they were walking out and say, hey, uh, uh, how was the message today? Like, oh, it was so good, Pastor. And then I'd ask him, what I preach about? And it was uh, just dead silence. And I learned right there that I, I have a lot of work to do on my craft. Um, because at least I want them to walk out with something that they heard. Take home. And they were go, oh, uh, I mean, it was really good, Pastor, but, but, and it was very humiliating, but it helped me because, you know, over time I just got a little bit better. And I, I think I, I fall in line with what Paul says. I don't come with the best words, uh, but man, I'll bring you the word <laughs> and Jesus, like, but it, it, those are those are hard lessons to learn that yeah. people aren't retaining it. Well, yeah. so something else too. Obviously, finding speakers one thing, but um, you also have to. You have praise and worship team, right? I'm assuming oh, yeah. all the, and so to find, you know, because 
not everyone can sing. Not everyone can play a certain instrument or whatever. I'll be so. honest. That's been way better for us than finding communicators. Really? In our rural community, I don't know if they just don't have nowhere the, else to go. They're out there in the rural community. Man. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> we got 12 different worship leaders that rotate between our campuses, and we've got over 100 people in our band, different bands. Like That has been something that's been decent from day one, and I don't know how. Really? Because so. When we did Oklahoma City Church, we couldn't find singers mm-hmm. and band members. We on a few right. from Oklahoma City. We we would bring them ourselves from Tulsa. Right. So, you know. Well, it, really everything. I mean, at a higher level, you're building and equipping people. Sure, I think that's to. the goal, right? A necessity, and it should equip be. the saints for the work of the that's ministry. Right. It's right. so. So I'm Tough. assuming you're always looking for, you know, communicators, pe- people that you know. I mean, you're always on the on the lookout, correct? Uh, always looking for. Uh, people who have a natural gift, sure. Well, because, you know, obviously you have, I'm assuming, youth pastors, children's pastors, too. So, I mean, you know. Um, yes, always. So, you know, they have to communicate as well. Yeah, somewhat. <laughs> I'll be honest, though. Like, our, our youth and children, they do more time training with the people that are the volunteers that are on site. And they do less of them. They're way more administrative than they are communicative um because it's just a you know i I was talking the other day even shipping out curriculum and we spend time shipping out coffee supplies to all the different campuses so on thursdays there's somebody who just it's like a little delivery system from our warehouse you know they got to take kids curriculum coffee shop supplies breakfast supplies are they down on funeral meal cups plates like we just have to fill the whole thing so it's been a bit of a challenge but i would say that some of those Children and youth, they don't communicate as much as you would think. They're working with the volunteers on site the day of, which is kind of different. So do you, with your youth and children's, probably youth probably more go to this question. Do you do more small group type stuff? Or? Yeah, it's definitely more small group type stuff. And, and we're working on um, coming together more do, quarterly. Do you have a big group in rural community? <laughs> well, not at each campus, really. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I mean, like a youth it, camp, we'll take 130 kids to, yeah. all together. But it's a it's five smaller youth groups yeah. rather than one right, large right, one, right, right. Um, and we'd like to get them together. We we do got to do more events where we get them together because the small youth groups sometimes they're a little awkward. Yeah. Um, but when you get them all together, they're awesome and they're exciting. And so, they're so that's not that. So have you done all, all church fellowships that all your campuses come together for a, like a fellowship or something like that? Well, we used to do that a lot. We do a big church picnic and baptism every year, but yeah. we. We don't have anywhere to put them now. Well, you got a yeah. thousand people now, yeah, right? So, yeah, uh, so. it's about 1,500. Yeah, see? So we're doing more of that local church is doing it. Yeah. Because we it. don't have anywhere to bring our whole churches together. So it's, you know, there's some challenges there. That's not the humble brag, you know. I'm not, but it's the reality that it's hard to get together for right, fellowships right, and yeah. things. Yeah. So it has to be almost an outdoor event type of thing if we're going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like you have a. Big gym on campus like we do. <laughs> nope, man, it would be nice. Yeah, for sure. Because we have the NRC to do whatever event we want to do mm-hmm. at any point in time. So, yeah. So um, now let me ask you this question because I know you said you're you're just opening another campus um, right mm-hmm. now. Um, so you said you're doing Saturday night service. So do you, you do that yourself? No, no, no. That's the the guy who's going to be taking over. He's meeting every other Saturday right now, and okay. until we we're opening uh, a soft launch the first or second week of March, and then a, an actual launch on March 26th. And he's just meeting with leaders, finding out where people's going to go, who wants to volunteer. 
And he's going to start with about 100 people, which is really cool because, you know, when I started mine, we started with six. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's nice that he's going to be able to start with some momentum. And, but he's going to start on Sunday morning, correct? Oh, yeah. He'll start yeah. on Sunday morning. And we'll start with one service at 10 a.m. And if they go to two, then it goes to uh, 9, 30, and 11. So, so um, it gets them um, connected to him right away, you know. Do you ever go around to speak at the others in person? Uh, I think they want me to more, but I, I, if I don't have to leave Lewisburg, I try not to. <laughs> uh, we have a little bistro in town now, a little coffee shop stuff, and I love it because I can just go there. Uh, so I don't have to leave town much, but... I went two weeks ago, I went to one of our campuses and I just took my family and we just attended the first service. And it's kind of nice to do that once in a while. You kind of get a feel for it Mm -hmm. and you get to see what's hard for me is what I saw years ago. I never get to see grow and actually happen. So when I show up and go, it's it's kind of an emotional time for me because it's the first time I I see it thriving Mm -hmm. where really all I saw was an empty building. Yeah. Um, But I need to get out more. Um, and I, I'm probably gone from my campus more than any of the other pastors because I do go preach. I try to preach in at least the campuses once a year and then I travel some, um, but I try to do, I'm starting to do more videos to get my face in there more often. Cause God forbid we have something problem, something happen, a pastor leave abruptly because of an issue. Maybe I'm the one that's got to come in and and they've got to know, they've got to know, right. They're they're part of a, of a larger organization and part of a whole but i commend you in watching you these few years because i worked in those situations and the unity the team uh that you've built i mean it's um it's your secret sauce well we aren't perfect but we have some great people on the Mm -hmm. team um the my executive pastor he started with me from day one and he has been he's been awesome his name is keith so love you keith so um um you do Sunday mornings, is mm-hmm. what you said. So, but so, do you have two services at most of your campuses? Because uh, so the one that sets up and tears down at the YMCA, it's it's big. Yeah. So we can just add more chairs. So that's a ten o'clock service, and then me and Arcanum, my Lewisburg and Arcanum, they we do nine and eleven thirty, and really Arcanum needs to add on a third, third service, service, but we're not because. Greenville's launching out of that, yeah. so we're hoping that'll free up space there. Um, but I'm I'm not so sure it will, but we'll see. Um, and then Richmond right now, you know, meets at a movie theater, and they're at ten o'clock. And we have purchased them a building, so they'll be going into that. Hopefully, hopefully the beginning of April, we'll get them into their building, and they'll they'll go to they'll still be in one service. And what's the town in Indiana? Richmond. It's right That's off Richmond. Right off Interstate 70. Okay, you, yeah. That's why I was reading. I asked that. Mm-hmm. Folks, yeah. It's 14 exits, 14 miles away from my campus right off the interstate. Hmm. I'm at exit 14, and then they're at exit 156, which is the first exit in Indiana. Wow. So, yeah. What about you guys? What? What are, what are you doing now? <laughs> I mean, we've heard enough about me. Like <laughs> Tony and Craig. Like, I mean, what are you guys? What, what's what are you guys doing? What are you teaching? Where are you going? 
Well, um, do you guys ever get asked questions? No. no. <laughs> We're the questioners. We, I, we ask questions. I think people want to know a little bit. I, I'm curious. Well, we just we just switched over into third term here at Rama, so we're past the halfway mark for this year, and just took in. Yeah, and I don't teach third term. Yeah, I teach every term, and this is the first term I don't teach every day. Okay, so that's nice. Yeah, because I was surprised when you said you, you had to stay home this morning that you were able to stay home. It just happened to be on the day that I had a, you know. I had a, we had an issue in my house this morning, but it just happened to be on the day I didn't have a class, so they yeah. able to solve the problem. Every time I come here to teach, I always go to Tony's office to, you know, get a drink, a cup of coffee or something, and the first day I'm teaching, he, he's like, nope, running errands. I'm like, what are you doing? You're, not, you're supposed to be here when I'm here, Tony. <laughs> so good for you. You get a little yeah. time off. Yeah. Well, and there's always there's always kids in my office when you come. Oh, always, man. Yeah. Tony's the most popular guy over there. Uh, just a stopping off play. But yeah, we're we're busy. I mean, and to think that we're already halfway through the school year is pretty. Yeah, wild. Pretty, pretty wild. It, mm-hmm. it is. Just took in our spring students uh, for yeah. the new year. Um, and, uh, and I we're think both, we're right around seventy students 68 yeah. or something like that last yeah. time i heard it's, wow. an, it's an interesting dynamic when the right at this juncture because you've got with our spring intake you've got students that are finishing up their first year mid-year here and so they 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 move so, up. so they become a second year student in the middle of the year and in the middle of the year and, and uh, then we have some people that just graduate i mean yeah. they don't gra- walk to stage until yeah. but they yeah. just just interesting the shift just like with uh, when you stand in, you know how it is when you stand in front of a group you get used to looking at that group oh yeah and uh when when uh when i've had the core our ministry fundamentals second year every day for two terms uh and then i've had the first year first term and all of a sudden i'm standing looking and the group is mixed and some of the first years are in here looking at me and i'm like i gotta have to process that for a minute <laughs> oh yeah that's awkward <laughs> so what do you classes do you teach uh all together i teach uh new testament survey um, ministerial ethics, ministry gifts, Psalms, Isaiah, um, <laughs> intro to pastoral care, um, uh, uh, sermon development and delivery, um, and I'm missing one. Um, That's a full plate. He teaches um, all the time. There's one I can't remember. So <laughs> what's your favorite one to teach? Can I Whichever ask? Whichever one I'm teaching at the moment. All right. Good enough. Yeah. What do you teach, Craig? Faith Library 1, Faith Library 2, and Financial Management. Nice. Three classes. Oh, Ministerial Navigation. That's what I forgot. Okay. So I only teach first and um, fourth term. And normally I travel a lot before COVID. Um, I used to go overseas quite a bit um, during this time. Well, right now, not not so much in January because of Winter Bible Seminar coming up. But, but yeah, um, doing a lot more. At the at church because um, dad's doing less. <laughs> well, you know it's the season. Yeah, yeah. So, and we're both out. You know, in the U.S. at least. I mean, um, yeah, the average once a month. Yeah, I do about once a month usually. Yeah. Also, um, started a thing called Pastors for Trump. Um, oh, so. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. You know, I thought we'd get through an entire uh, one, one, podcast one without, show. without that. I thought, I, thought we, I thought we'd get through it, but you know, we we didn't. That's okay. That's because you flipped the script and started asking the questions. Oh, so. sorry, yeah, so. sorry. You want to know what we're doing? I mean, you know, I'm very involved politically and a lot of stuff. So, so um, just had a precinct meeting last night or Tuesday night. So, so pretty involved Tulsa County, Oklahoma, and. U.S. stuff. So, anyway, 
Pretty cool. My daughter, my baby girl, just got married to Juan. To yeah. Juan, you met Juan. Juan, he is, he is Juan the, is in my class. He's, he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. He's the one. Man, he's the one. My baby brother told him, if you don't name your first child, too, I'm going to come. Oh, man. <laughs> man, great. So, what's it like getting rid of one? Oh, this is our second. <laughs> no, he gained one. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I gained, gained one. one. But, yeah, yeah. but don't you transfer, like, financial responsibility to Juan? Absolutely. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. I just want to be sure. Yeah. I got three yeah. girls. I want to no, know how this works. It's been a journey. Both our girls moved out, moved back in, so... Well, Kara did the same thing, moved out, moved back in during the interim. Now that we're moving out, moved out again, it's kind of refreshing. I mean, so it, it her and Juan don't live with you? No, don't live with us. My, okay. mother-in-law, my mother-in-law does, but that's another okay, story. Okay, well, <laughs> let's, how do you feel about your mother-in-law? <laughs> well, she, she's so amazing. Okay, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I love her daughter. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? I'm done asking questions. <laughs> done asking questions. Yeah, yeah. No, so, you know. Seasons change, but I mean it's the cycle. Yeah, you'll know one day they got they have to grow up and leave if they don't something's wrong. You know, my oldest is fifteen, my youngest is eight, and I got a ten year old and a thirteen year old, and yeah. you know I can't see that yet. But man, once my youngest got I don't know, first grade or so, it's like time flies. I, I'm telling you, the most amazing, the most rewarding part of it is, uh, and especially we started noticing it with my oldest daughter and her husband because they're very successful in business is when you go on vacation and they actually pick up the tab at the restaurant. Mm. It's like, praise the Lord. What is well, – I don't even know what that looks yeah, like. It's, wow. it's, it's, an, it's a spiritual experience. I can imagine. <laughs> I've never had any of my kids even offered up the tab up. Hey, the other day we, we were in St. Louis on our drive here. So Emma, my daughter, and I, we stop and uh, we go to a little restaurant. We eat and then – we want to get some ice cream, so we go to a gas station. It said cash only. Well, I, I didn't have a stitch of cash on me. So she pays for ice cream. And you would have thought, you would have thought it, it, it was a, an attack against her humanity. <laughs> and you know what she asked me? She said, Hey, Dad, are you going to pay me back for this? I was like, you better keep walking. <laughs> Pay him back is a house, yeah, she, clothes, Emma's shoes. in the room, and she's side-eyeing her father as we speak. <laughs> and then she had to pay a little money for a toll road on the Will Rogers. Oh, and oh. she was all worked up about that. So I think I owe her a total of like $15 when we get home, and she's keeping track. So what kind of gas station did you go to that only takes cash? <laughs> right? There was a, a handwritten sign on the door. And I was like, are you guys serious? And he looked at me and goes, yeah, man, our credit card machine's broke. Okay. So, and we were walking and it was cold, so I didn't want to walk to another one. So you went and got ice cream when it was cold? Yeah. <laughs> we were in Ohio. It was relatively cold. I mean, St. Louis wasn't too cold. It was like 39. Ohio's normally... Teens this time of year. Although that global warming's warming it up. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that one's my fault. Yeah, that yeah, one's my fault. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> called Davos. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, on that, um, <laughs> it's time to land the plane. <laughs> if you're out there listening. You know, you might want to check out Rama Bible Training College, rbtc.org, rbtc.org. If you'll just go there, um, you can find out more information about the, the college. And um, if you'll give us your name, your email, and your phone number, we'll have one of our student ambassadors give you a call and talk to you more about Rama. try to set up a time to, for you can come and take a visit. Anyway, so um, 
Interesting to have you, Justin, this, this week. <laughs> All right. I got an interesting. That makes me feel good, guys. Thank you. Um, so, hey, if somebody wants to, wants to um, connect with you, what's your website? You know, um, I have no social media. Yeah, I know. Okay. But you have a website, though. Uh, yeah, it's going to be cofchurches.com. C-O-F. C-O-F-churches.com. Community of Faith. Community of Faith. C-O-F-churches.com yeah. is what we are. We're, we're, we're not sure he's not on social media. He'll barely answer a text, and he doesn't drink coffee. I'm thinking he's Mormon. Okay. <laughs> I want to be very clear. I'm not. Uh, but I gave up coffee last year, and I had such violent headaches, I decided I never well, want to go back to drink more that. coffee, then you don't have headaches. Well, That's I didn't how that want works. to. I didn't want to, Tony. Br- Brother Hagen didn't drink coffee. But either. I will say this. I return your text messages, Tony. Yeah, you do. You're, you are pretty good. I don't return everybody's, yeah. but I return yours. So, yeah, and he's not on social media, so don't even look him up. He's yeah. not there. Um, At one time, I think I had a Twitter account when Twitter first came out because my friend told me to. Uh, and so you do things because your friends tell you to. <laughs> You're right. He was a pastor friend. He's like, hey, you got to get on here. It's how you connect with your people. I was on there for about two days and deleted my account, and I've tried to never look back since. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Good Appreciate to have it. you. So, cofchurches.com. Yep. That's it. Um, and so, if you have questions about maybe start multiple campuses, especially pastor in the rural community is contact Justin. He's the man to talk to. Yeah, cofchurches.com. Anyway, here at Raymond, we're bringing hope, help, and healing to the world. God bless you guys. You have a great day.